This is JFM Podcast. Good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanab. Today is 2nd of uh, November 2022. Gilbert Joseph is here. How's it going? Good evening. Great, great. Good evening, Ponsak Fanab. It's been an awesome day, an engaging one as well. Overall, quite productive. Good evening to you. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I know you're following a lot of stories, but uh, which one are you following? Is it Wicked donating buses uh, to Benway PDP or uh, Peter will be saying that uh, why he's getting the support of five PDP governors because they believe in one Nigeria uh, or, you know, I don't know, or the one state government, you know, replying uh, about the Blanesson story. Uh, what's story are you following? I think the theory of them, you have touched on the, some of the major stories that are followed with keen interest. But let me just digress a bit and uh, touch down in Kwingi State where you remember the EFCC arresting Ismaila Yusuf, that House of Assembly contestant with some heavy amount of cash right underneath his kitty. And most importantly is the fact that there were conspirations with some bank staff before he was, you know, in the end able to lay hold of some of the amounts of monies that the EFCC got from him. And you begin to question what exactly is happening to, to the banking system, to the security sector and all of uh, the involvements that have to do with financial institutions in the country. I did speak with someone who I yeah, thought was going to be able to shed more light on is, that. Is a banker himself? Yes. Okay, yes. Uh, Gilbert, let me say, you know, before you... Okay, what did he say? Yeah, he berated the fact that the brain drain um, that's affecting the Nigerian medical sector is actually taking its toll upon the banking industry that some of the major banks in this country are losing their staff, especially the ICT guys, because everyone is putting and going off to make better living for themselves and all of that. So you find that securities have been compromised. Some of the major guys handling ICTs are not up to, or let me say, are capacitated as the previous set of people you would find in the banking industry, even though regardless of the layers of security that you would have with financial institutions, you still can find people who can be able to hack and crack systems just to be able to carry um, whatever act it is they want to carry. But overall, if that is the picture, then there's a serious challenge before us. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Um, You know, banking is not only about having a depositor's money in your possession. It's about making money out of fiat, you know. Uh, I don't know I don't know if there's any Nigerian bank that has been deliberate about promoting Afrobeat or giving, you know, record producers money or uh, if you want to go into record company money for you to uh, start a record label, uh, label, for example. Those are the kind of things the banks, you know, and investment banking, you know, what ideas do you have? How can you pitch the idea, you know, for a bank, for example, or a financial institution for it to invest in that idea because they already know that, okay, if we invest 100 naira, we're going to make 115 naira. That isn't a bad deal. Uh, but when I knew that Nigerian banks are uh, weak, so to say, it wasn't even during the capitalization of... Uh, uh, the former CBN governor, Malam Sanusi, Lamido Sanusi, former Emmy of Kano. But it was when the Buhari administration implemented the, the TSA policy of the Jonathan administration uh, that all MDA should have, should put money in one pool. Central. Yeah, that was right. when I knew that, okay, really? So uh, it's like, it's the government that is making the bank sustainable. You know, so to say. But banks, for example, the government is just supposed to regulate the banking sector. 
it's just regulation and allow the because those are the people that you know uh, control the inflow and outflow of cash and they understand you know how to do business and to make a country you know a, an economy stable for example so this are uh, you know uh, the, I, I wasn't really surprised that a former employer of a bank you know was caught in that you know fraud scheme and there's even in-house trading. They call it inside-eye trading. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what bank staff, you know, usually do uh, when it comes to uh, people's money. And it's, it's, it's. But I'm so thankful that EFCC right now has said that they are going after unauthorized bureau exchange. You know, in major cities across the country. Because if you look at uh, any, if you go to a POS machine or an ATM, a POS port or an ATM uh, machine to withdraw. Is dirty currency we have in circulation True. right now. True. I mean, they are not, you know, appealing. So True. it shows that uh, the redesign of the NERA, though it has demerits, but I think the merit is more than the demerit at this point because it's going to really control inflation and it's going to ensure that we have clean notes. And the people who have buried money, just like the viral video of some northern you'd seen mutilated mm-hmm. currency. I thought that when I saw that on the internet, I thought, okay, it may be another, you know, fake news. But I saw authorized outlet, you know, yeah, media outlet yeah. uh, discussing it today. I knew that, okay, you know, this is an authentic uh, story. So uh, just just imagine how many millions of naira on, on a 12-tire truck mutilated <laughs> and is about to be destroyed. <laughs> What kind of country do we live in? Um, a country without conscience. Sorry to say to all of the few conscientious individuals that dwell in this country. But I think majority of us live without conscience and even the fear of God. And that's quite pathetic. And just in that light, I think it was the Jade and Joe I saw somewhere display um, 500 Nera notes produced as far back as 2007 brand new 500 Nera notes and he was really lamenting the situation of things and the way that politicians have stashed cash um, in places that you never would have expected. And he was just trying to highlight some of the major advantages of the decision by the Central Bank of Nigeria to redesign the Nera, even though that's contestable. But I think that the major takeaway there is that if you could have such a brand new currency as far back as 2007, unspent or even untouched, fresh of the vaults of, say, the CBN, then there's a major question to the kind of consciences that we all bear. You know, and uh, if you're in the habit of sabotaging Nigeria's economy through uh, current... You see, if, if, I was, if I was the CBN governor, one monetary policy that I'll stop, I'll stop Nigerians from owning a domiciliary account. Why are you going to keep... Why should I, you know, have another country's currency in my banking system? And that doesn't help even the economy of my society, you know, my country, because my citizens have understood that if they touch, you know, dollars, pounds, or whatever it is, because of how fluctuating the market is, if they take it, they're going to make extra profit, creating money literally out of nothing and getting exorbitant uh, profit, for example. So I, I don't think... I think the CBN should start thinking of... Uh, that not against you know people. I mean, look at yeah. even how Nigerians have been humiliated. Yeah. Just the UAE right now saying that Nigerians and even our uh, speaker of House of Representatives he had to intervene. Yeah, it shows that you know we should and bring he has back intervened in many other Nigerians. Uh, such no, Nigerians have a. Uh, are bought for foreign education. We know that our system is not working, but what are we doing? And sometimes, you have to also, this thing you're saying, um, the question I'm trying to just apply or need or about it is that it has a lot to do with rights. If you say people shouldn't operate domiciliary accounts, are you not infringing on their rights and uh, basically their rights to choose? No, and I if think you say people shouldn't, it's a no, matter for, of national. I understand. Interest. I understand. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So it it means that the CBN governor himself alone cannot be able to deal with that, except if the government or even the national assembly sees that that's a matter of utmost importance from the perspective of a CBN governor, then that could virtually... And even Peter Obi, I think he hinted in one of the draft leaked draft manifestos that he was going to stop public officials' children from studying abroad. Right? The issue of 
rights and choices again it's come not, to bear. For, for me, it's not. It's not. It's not. That is that is not a smart, you know, way to you know uh, campaign or idea to go. If you, what is the percentage of uh, public, you know, office holders, their kids? What, how, how many percent, you know, some of them have finished raising children, and some of them, you know, right now they are even focused. They are not focusing on grandchildren because their children uh, are strong and buoyant enough uh, to take care of their children, you know, in America and you know other parts of the world. So for me, how can, but the question is, how can we reduce the taste of, Niger, of foreign education in Nigeria by strengthening our system? Oh, yeah. That yeah. is just basically what you're going to do. Don't tell me that you're going to, tell me how much you're going to spend on education, from basic education, and then secondary, and then, you know, higher education. Tell me how much, you know, you're going, that is, you know, can be, I've been really, I've been spending time, you know, discussing with people. Okay, if you say you like this guy, why do you like him? You know, some of them don't even know their ideas. They don't know, you know, some of the things in their uh, manifesto. They just vote based on a uh, sentiment. No is the time of the Southeast. No is Yoruba people. No, you know, the North uh, should continue. And then if you are trying to be centrist, you say, no, it shouldn't be from one Northerner to another Northerner. Mm-hmm. That is why I'm supporting my... Th- those are... It shows that we're continuing with the same... Um, ignorant sentiment, you know, uh, that has kept our society stagnated without any meaningful progress. That's true. Primordial sentence of aren't course, dying yeah. down any so moment. For me, the voters should look so. at what ideas. I was having a conversation with a colleague. Look at what ideas. You know, he told me that the three candidates, he's not supporting them. That's Peter Obi, Atiku, or uh, Tinubu. I said, why? He said, no, because he doesn't. I said, okay, but have you... He said because of the three, he's not going to vote. I said, have you checked, you know, other people? I, I thought voting is based on ideas. If you like that, okay, uh, if you're a business person, how much is this person wanting to invest in the economy? You know, check their ideas. So the voters have a huge role to play, I would say. There's a lot to do with emotions and anger. And I think the long and short of the conversation you had with him, was basically that practical example. People are so angry in the land. People are moved by emotion. And you know that a drowning man could just hold on to anything, anything, just to um, find a way to safety. We just hope in the end we're able to make the right choices in 2023. Yeah, well, uh, good prayer, but I read something this morning that you're... Okay, uh, let me just take a look at it again. So that I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, what I what I read, and for me, I said, "Well, that could be a deal breaker for me." He said, "You become your actions, not your intentions. It's your actions that you be, not your intention. Nobody knows what you intend to do, but people know you for your actions, and that is what they are going to judge you by or with." We're going to play this insert from uh, Peter Obi, presidential candidate of the Labour Party. When we come back, we have a public affairs commentator, politician, a public intellectual, uh, a lawmaker, I would say, at the grassroots level, the strongest, you know, uh, base of government. Honorable Musa Ashams is here. Stay here. I can tell you the only deal I have with them is that they are passionate for a better Nigeria. That's the only deal. Everybody wants Nigeria to survive now. Everybody, you know, because at the end of the day, if it collapses, anarchy consumes everybody. They wouldn't see about party. If they throw a bomb now here, you wouldn't know who is governor, who is the gate man. So it is better we save Nigeria because if it happens, nobody knows who will be affected. So we want Nigeria to be saved. We want a better Nigeria. Everybody wants to be quit his children, anarchy. Look at him caring about those people in IDP camp. They're not his children. They're not anything. He could have, he can just walk away and say, they're not his business. But he's caring about them. And that's what we want. We want the Nigeria that will show the same patriotism by caring about people and everything. Look at the flooding that has happened all over Nigeria. As far as I'm concerned, the government of Nigeria have not responded adequately. They've not shown compassion. A leadership comes with compassion, comes with listening, comes with understanding. Even those people in IDP, how many people from federal government have come to visit them? That is what you do. That's what shows that you're committed to Nigeria. Then, for example, I keep saying this is a huge state. This is a 34,000 square kilometers of land of a state with 4 million people. What you can do with Benue will shock you if I have the opportunity. It will shock you. 
This has stayed several years. After four years, the people will say, thank God they met this man. Because there's a lot to do with this place. The Thought TV and Ochidama. And of course, I can't come to Benue without coming to pay my loyalty to the governor. Everybody knows that if there's one state, I feel the governor has done what I would respect. Caring for his people when they are the federal government abandoned them, it is Benue. So I came to pay my respect to him. And that's basically why I'm here. And I thank you and urge you to continue to do because whenever I see pictures of those in IDP, I feel very sad that Nigerians can live in refugee in Nigeria when there's no, when we're not at war. These are some of the things I want to solve. These are one of the things we want to take care of. We want to make sure that Nigerians are secure and they live peaceful and we are united. We must love each other. We must care for each other. And that's what I'm striving hard to achieve. It is not about party. It is about a nation called Nigeria. We must build a better place. Well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jones. My name is Ponsak Fanab. And I am Gilbert Joseph. It's good to have Honorable Musa Shams with us. Good evening and thank you very much for coming. Sir. Good evening. Thank you for having me, Ponsak and Gilbert. All right. Well, I don't know. A lot of uh, interesting stories to talk about. Uh, but let's talk about this flooding across Nigeria that the federal government hasn't in fact, the Minister of Water Resources, instead of saying, I'm ashamed of you know this, I think that I'm uh, taking a bow out, I'm resigning because lives have been lost. Uh, but again, he's blaming state government and is denying you know, that it's not because of the opening of the Lagdo Dam from Cameroon that we have flooding in Nigeria, uh, which the federal government again failed to build any dam to contain the water from Lagdo. What what does it tell you about, you know, the people who are supposed to serve us, the Nigerian people? First, I, I want to commiserate with um, states that have been devastated by these floodings, especially people that have lost their lives and livelihood. You can see that um, at least 20-something percent of this country has faced this um, flooding, especially agrarian communities, communities that are supposed to feed the nation. And it's pathetic that in this season where you have, um, where you're expecting Nigerians to begin to harvest their crops from their farms and farms have been taken over by, by I want to say, incompetence or negligence or ineptitude. I don't have the real, the real word for it, but there is a lacuna somewhere. And this Labdo Dam has been there for a while. Nigerian authorities the are aware of it. Nigerian authorities are aware of it. And you know that from time to time, the, the Labdo Dam in Cameroon cannot hold water for a long time. It has to, of course, open up. And when it opens, opens up, Nigeria is just going to be one of the major recipients. Because um, a lot of states in Nigeria have common boundaries with Cameroon. If you go to Adamawa State... If you go to cross River State, and of course River Benue too, to a large extent flows from that end. I was in Wukari last week. You need to see the Ibi River, where they used to have like what they call um, their park. I don't have the technical name for it. Mm. It changes from time to time because water has even taken over such places. And you begin to pity people. Even football pitches have been taken over by waters. This day, you go to 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 fly a boat and you see people's houses. Okay, carcass of houses mm -hmm. where people used to live in the past have become carcass. And you know, there is, um, there is an impending poverty in this country, and it's, it's sad. Impending, you know, with the, because Nigeria is, uh, is the only place in the world that you have more poor people living. When million. I say impending, I mean, I mean it's even coming, I mean, it's, it's on its way. <laughs> the one we're seeing is like rehearsals from the realities on ground. And when you find people saddled with the responsibilities of preferring solutions, going to blame one another, then you begin to ask, isn't that a crass display of incompetence? Why should we be blaming state governments? What you should be doing at this point is to look for a way out to cushion the effect of this um, 
menace of what Nigerians are facing. Like, for example, in Nigeria, when notes will be changed, the CBN will say we are changing, the Minister of Finance will say I, we, don't, we do not know. It's obvious that there is no correlation, there is no, um, there's no understanding even amongst those in government. There is an, an, a pandemic, there is an epidemic in Nigeria already. You know very soon you're going to hear about cholera, you're going to hear about the normal tropical African diseases coming up courtesy this um, shame that has come to us. I think those in power should be resolving issues, not to be shifting blames, not to be looking for whom to blame. For example, if you go to civilized um, countries, if things like this happen, people will take a bow. But around here, people don't take a bow. People like being in power even when things are failing. Right. People are supposed to be sacked when certain things happen, but you hear them argue, and at the end of the day, you hear the principal taking sides one of the, pen, the people arguing. Okay. I think... Well. Honorable Musa, as we look towards um, the path of solutions to the problem of flooding, mm. you still hear the same Minister for Water Resources say not even in the next 20 years would we be able to solve this problem. How optimistic or pessimistic do you grow with this sort of... And bear in mind again that we, may be having, we will be having a new crop of leadership come next year. Do you think whoever comes on, bo on board amongst the major contenders would be able to pull up something from off the heart? You see, we need to divorce our biases. We need to take all our dispositions away and look at these things dispassionately. Do we have people that have the interest of this country at heart? When they seek power, is it for selfish aggrandizement? Is it for wealth creation? Is it for, is it for family and friends to be enriched? When you do an audit of all the people contesting and you ask them questions, you engage them, this is democracy. The problem with us is that when people come to seek for power, we minor the major. Things that do not matter elsewhere in Nigeria, those are the germane things. For example, you look at religion, you look at region, you look at tribe, you look at denomination. They are the most insignificant things when it comes to leadership. It's about the person's capability and capacity. For example, if you go to UK, it's a Pakistani Indian that is the president at 42. If it were in Nigeria, they would begin to tell you that his father is from Chad, even in the Chad, he's from Senegal, from Senegal, maybe Gambia, a wall of man that came. They begin to give you useless history that does not count in governance. I think if a minister will tell you that in the next 20 years there's no solution, you should be crying. This is not the first time that they're telling us that these things will persist. For example, Lieutenant General Tukur Yusuf Buratai said Boko Haram is going to be here for 20 years. So government is supposed to give you hope. Government is supposed to tell you that we're doing our best, we're burning our tails, we're burning candles, we're, we're having a sleepless night to see that we resolve your issues. But when you scare us, when you tell us that in the next 20 years there wouldn't be a solution, so why are you in power? People access power for them to solve problems. The issue with us is when we're looking for power, we have solution to everything. When we get power, we have complaints for everything. And we begin to say, um, it is the last government that this is. You're going to give bad references. You don't like good references. Why shouldn't we go back to the time where they used to make dry cells battery in Kaduna and they call it Berek? Why shouldn't we go back to that time they used to make oxide car batteries in Ibadan? Why shouldn't we go back to the time they used to assemble steer cars in Bauchi and you have their seats made in Lagos by Vono? Why shouldn't we go to those days that we used to have Bata and Leonard's? We have Nigerian shoes. But when you bring leaders, they do not think deep. They're just coming on board because they, play, they played a part in the campaign and electioneering season. So it is time for them to be, um, to be appreciated. It is time for them to be given a tap at the back. You get, we get to hear these things. Governance should be about you thinking without the box, not even outside the box. But when you have people like this, they get you scared. They get you, and um, people that live in coastal communities to begin to be scared. You see, it's, it's pathetic. Not, not too long ago, if a certain person contests an election in Nigeria and loses, people die. Today the person is in power and we're getting this um, resolved. You just know that we're in deep trouble once you begin to have such persons in authority. That's why you need to bring people that can handle issues. You need to give them commensurate responsibility. If you are a media man, you should be made Minister of Information. If you are a, a, an aeronautic engineer or you have anything to do with the aeronautics or the aviation sector, basically you square pegs in square, in square that is, holes. Does it. Well, with the ecological funds, and yes, basically let's focus on the ecological funds because, of course, the problem shouldn't or the blame shouldn't only go to the federal government alone. The state governments are privy to ecological funds, right? Are you really satisfied with the management of those funds at the state level? You know, you know our kind of democracy is very, very pathetic. 
those tasks are do with oversight responsibility are supposed to be the state houses of assembly but it's like they have been pocketed by the executive despite the fact that it has been announced to a large extent that they have some level of autonomy, autonomy. but in the real sense what is playing out is different it's far from it so that is why oversight functions is going to look at okay, how much has our state gotten from federal allocation, how much money have we attracted, how much um, counterpart funding are we giving out, how much have we brought in. For example, on the plateau, there was a time we were told reliably that the governor got money to fix the Zaria Road Stadium. You know, it is stayed up till yeah, now. Yeah. There was a time again in this studio that a House of Assembly member said the British-American flyover cost about $18 billion. But you go to some places and you hear that it's $9 billion. These are seasons for probing. We don't want every time our governors on the plateau to go for EFCC checks and all of that. You need to be transparent. You need to be accountable. You need to give people the dividends of democracy so that when you depart from this earth, your children and their children will be proud that you came, you saw, and you conquered. I observe that the only thing every Nigerian enjoys is the grace of God. Apart from that, governance is, um, is very weak around here. If you go to places like Rwanda, you'll see what is, what is meant to have a leader. If you go to, in Nigeria, there are states that are working hard. If you go to Bauchi, for example, the foundation was set wonderfully by uh, Adamuma Azu. You can see what is happening now, Kauram Bauchi, what he's doing. If you go to uh, Eboin State, you will just know that some places in Nigeria that they call cities are supposed to be called hamlets or suburbs. Let, let's talk about uh, here in the plateau, back on the plateau rather. Uh, the rewarding of the Lalong Legacy Project, you know, and Blenessing already is blowing hard that uh, it's going to create more issues instead of solve uh, problems. But the state government, you know, are insisting that they are going ahead, you know, with the uh, project. Talk to us about, you know, that vis-a-vis uh, -vis the duration, you know, of the time. $29 billion was what uh, initially uh, cost the Lalong administration the uh, with Blenessing right now, Lalong Legacy Project. And the commissioner confirmed that, you know, at the time that it was 70% completed, right now rewarding of the contract at 26 uh, billion. Does it make economic sense? Um, it's natural that when you start a project and you let it go at, at, at some point, when you revisit it, you have to revisit the funding too. For example, even an empty bag of cement used to be sold for 10 naira, but because of the tin mining activities on the plateau, it is now 15 naira, just within a week. If you remember, I had... Um, I had an opportunity to ask how much a dollar cost the day before yesterday. It was 800 naira in Abuja. Today is 850, 800, 80, 80 naira, 150. 150. In just, example, 851, 851 naira, yeah. a dollar. And in just, for example, is 802 naira today. As today. Yesterday it was 775. So if you do not... No, the it, prediction is that it's going to be 1,000. Very soon. Yeah. So once you have a project and you delay in executing it, you're going to face these challenges. And especially that we rely now on exported, imported goods. And it's shameful, Bonsak, that when you go to a school like Rion, where the governor's wife is an alma mater, you cannot finish such a project. I was in Shandam on my way to Wakari. There was a legacy project, a hospital. It's been there for a while. How much does it take to put block and cement together? It doesn't cost a government anything. If it is their personal project, it is not abandoned. But if it is our collective project that everybody will enjoy, including foreigners, it takes time. You begin to hear a lot of English. Sorry, this macabre dance, this tactics, this um, um, in infrastructural delay, this, um, I don't know how to put it, I don't want to use certain words, but this, this lack of um, commitment to, 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 to what you've been given, to a mandate, is what is showing. And I think we shouldn't allow sentiments to eclipse us when it comes to choosing our leaders. We've done that and we've seen the results. I think we should go for competence, we should go for people that, that have impeccable character, not just power seekers. You can see, for example, in Lamingo, there's a primary school that was supposed to be finished a long time ago. It's still there hanging. If you go to Jingir, the government college Jingir, it is still there. It's just block, green, um, um, green zinc, cement, and plaster, and what, what else? For a government, that is a minor thing to do. And I think plateau people should vote for those that understand what is development, those that know development, those that have developed themselves and have, have the capacity to develop plateau state. We shouldn't just be eclipsed by sentiments, by parochial interest. Yes. I understand that um, 
politics because of what people have done in the past have made people that are intel in, 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 uh, they are intelligent to begin to think in a very myopic manner. For example, you are talking about regions and all of that. Sometimes it's because when people have power, they don't allow others to, to feel carried along. They feel, okay, it is our power and it is our time to suppress and oppress others. That is why there, there are these um, agitations from left, right, and center. Ordinarily, if a man is governor and he makes road to Zandi, will I be waiting for a Zandi man to be governor next time? Those are the issues. Let small, small issues be addressed. No plateau, no plateau's issues, no how to address plateau issues. Okay. That's why when you're voting for someone, the person should understand the mindset of the plateau man, the political dynamics of plateau, what the plateau man needs. And of course, you can see, federal attention doesn't come to plateau too much okay. like that. Yeah, but we have a, a chairman of Northern Governors Forum. Let me ask you this uh, <laughs> question, uh, Musa. Uh, you are a politician. Uh, every election year, there's something that I'm observing with the APC uh, here in Plateau State because every election year you see all of the candidates of the political... I'm talking about presidential governorship and then uh, if you go to constituencies maybe state you see you know their pictures so for example you know what i mean is that you see the picture of ashwajibola metunibu kashim shetima dr nentawe and just like you find in the uh the, the pdp you find atiku but top to bottom yeah why is it that in plateau you know there hasn't been that coherence you know uh, especially with the your opponent you know the apc um, it's, it's difficult for certain materials to be sold. A rotting wood cannot be carved. I don't know what, what do you mean by that. If you're an artist and the wood is rotten and you need to get a, fi a figure or you need to take a shape, it is difficult. You know, there are decisions that some political parties made that is haunting them. For example, like I told you, if our interest will be protected, we don't need to be in, the, in power. At a time, is one person at a time. If, for example, we can't all be presidents in Nigeria, despite the fact that our number is over 200 million. But if that one person will hold power and trust, and will be satisfied, our faith, our culture, our norms, our tradition, our belief, is not going to be tampered with. You will allow them to go. But the way things are skewed, like I said, is about oppression and suppression. It is our time. You cannot breathe anymore. Like they did to the black man in America where he was saying, I cannot breathe. So those in power, once they emasculate us that way, once they squeeze our heads, once they press us, they, you cannot be satisfied with such leadership. For example, if you're from Plateau, I've said it over and over again. Of all the people in the north, nobody was seen from the other faith to become, uh, what do you call it, vice president. Even in Nigeria, in the constitution of Nigeria, there's what is called principle of federal character. You do that so that everybody will be carried along. If not, Ekiti State alone will be vice chancellors in all the universities in Nigeria because you cannot compare the number of professors they have with other people. So, like I said, a rotting wood cannot be carved. Sat advertising certain candidates is like you're digging your grave because your children are going to ask so you, are you questions. So you are preempting that, you know, maybe that could be the cause why the APC... So there could be a backlash. For example, someone said he was going to deliver Asiwaju, Plateau to Asiwaju. Then you ask, are you the owner of Plateau? Is everybody on the Plateau in your Nobody, pocket? You know, are they at your beck and call? How, how many local governments can you give? No, no, about politicians, you know, you guys make all money. No, 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 no. It's, it's an infantry and it's disrespect to the populace. All right, let's open the phone lines. In case just tune in, we've been having a chat with Honorable Musa Ashams. Uh, we're looking at uh, some uh, issues uh, pertaining state and at the federal level as well. The program is Nigeria at Sunset on JFM. You can call 0812187777 or you call 0905566699. Gilbert will give you social media. On Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash JFM live and on Twitter at JFM Joss. Well, let's take the first call. Hello and good evening. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Musa Sean, good evening there. It's Pastor Eric calling from Refuge. I greet my brother, Gilbert there. Good evening. Yeah, good evening, see, I thank God for a sound discussion and uh, well-educated by Musa Sean there. Many times when some people come on board, we don't hear... The reality, Nigerians truly is bored with a lot of problems that need speedy attention. But why will we begin to seek right minds 
to save us from what we have, we are going through right now. You talk on the issue of our Naira that is being uh, uh, depreciating every day. You talk of the issue of health, education, and the flooding that is ravaging us. The right question here, who will bear the cash? Come to think of it. If people buy the primaries that we saw ATC and PDP presented to us, that people will tell you to serve you, you know that there is a problem come this 2023. Nigerians really think on the direction they want to go and how they want to save this country from collapsing completely. Because if you talk on the issue, sentiment. The obese movement is not on sentiment of a driver or this thing. Many people would have not been involved in the education of such moves. The evil man in the real sense as a candidate cannot present a presidential uh, 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 a president. But the reality here is that if Nigerians are going through what they are going through, there is a need to be able to search who have interest. You can see the thing you played on the on air. The mindset that Nigeria needs to be united first before any other thing can be solved. This administration has destroyed Nigeria by dividing us in total. Thank we you. need to repeat and save this country by ourselves. Thank you very much and may God bless you all. God bless you too. Thank you for calling. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Yes, go ahead. Thank you. I'm from Well, listening. Thanks for calling. I thank you, Tashon. You cannot carve nothing new. And you cannot treat a disease without treating the symptoms. All the politicians, all their analysis, all their manifestos are very, very okay, wonderful and Acceptable. The question is now: Is the environment conducive for each and every one of their manifestos to be realistic? Mm. Something is wrong. Something he's saying is wrong. We should start defining ourselves. Let me see him out at the media. Let us address him as problem. If we don't get that, I'm telling you, brother. Anybody that comes thinks inception of democracy, we have been shouting government after government. Why did we get ready? The government was not in right. And now we are crying. We are still in the same boat, except mm. we get back to the point of so what is our problem and how to move forward. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Musa. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Tell us your name, please. Thank you very much. My name is Eddie Umar. I'm calling from Tichi and Chi Junction. We're listening to you, sir. Yes, I will comment your guest. You have spoken very, very well. And actually, I will also sympathize with those that this flooding have affect. And if you look at this, uh, let's say, present administration, uh, we will not be surprised of uh, how they manage the uh, disaster because of how they are managing the governance in general. Because uh, the people have been suffering in all aspects. So we cannot say that in this present administration and at this present era that we are campaigning, they have anything to tell Nigerians. Because for the past eight years or seven years, the, the, all the promises they have made have not been fulfilled. Now, even those that are even uh, uh, fighting in the same party, they, they, they cannot come out to talk to people. What they tell him, what, what, what they tell people, or what, what is happening, or what, what is the promise, can they promise people? So, this is what we are checking. So, we are calling on Nigeria to make sure that uh, even that, as you just said in your initial introduction, Somebody said that he cannot vote among the three. No, but you have to vote as a Nigerian. So among the three, you have to check which one is the best. So, yeah, and, and among, among the best, that's why we have to check, but we have to consider party. Because 
party, no matter how good you are, if you are not in a good party, you cannot give the result that you can give. So there is not any party that can save Nigeria about the PDP now. So we are calling on Nigerians to consider PDP as they have done it before. I think they have made their mistake and they can redo it again. So that's what I want to say. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Thank you. My name is Eric. I'm calling from Joseph. Go ahead, sir. So, uh, I want to say something from what Gilbert said before I'll build on the conversation in the studio. When someone says that, is that we have leaders that don't have conscience, I don't think that is an apology to that statement in this country. <laughs> because one will wonder... Can we have people who are have, that have conscience in this country? Nigerian children have been suffering the way we are suffering. Honorary uh, Ahmed Issa says, the kind of looting our leaders are looting in this country, if they do that thing in America for one day, America will collapse without coming back. Our leaders loot without impunity. So when somebody says we have leaders that doesn't have conscience, like me, I don't say it without apology. Going into 2023, I have said it to my chair. That should we make a mistake we are facing right now by electing APC to come into power uh, at the center? Some of us may not be interested going into any presidential election in this country again. I wish us all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. On Facebook, Principal Joseph Melumo is saying rewarding the legacy project is a right decision at the wrong time. They would have revoked the contracts earlier before now. It will be difficult for the project to be completed before the expiration of the present administration in May next year. Dapel Nandom is saying projects in Nigeria are done out of bad intentions. This is one example of clear game to loot the Commonwealth using court cases and reawarding of contracts. Why can't they use Blenessin? You see, contract is seen as political and economic empowerment, not welfare service as such. Mentor Enoch says, let's be sincere. Lalonga has always been bold enough, saying the projects are 70 to 80% completed. If it is true, how much was the total amount being given by the first contractors? How will 3 billion naira do projects up to 70%? To me, it's a way of Lalong looting plateau money, prosperity. Okay, posterity, you wanted to say, we'll judge him. Zauri Timnan Labar says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. The rewarding of Lalong legacy project at the cost of 26 billion naira, where the government told us the projects have reached 70% completion at the initial stage um, with the cost of 29 billion, is worrisome and fraudulent in nature. Dimas Bala says, I don't understand how can a lawyer who understands the law we award the same contract to another contractor when the matter is still in court. Plangji Paul Longden is saying, Good evening, Mr. P and G and the guests. Seriously, the rewarding of the legacy project is just a gimmick to make people think they are what we need in the next election, but God won't allow affliction to arise the second time. Prince Jik is saying, Good presenters, what happened that the legacy projects are rewarded? Prince Jig from Holaza. Okay. Um, Mr. Kabir Skynet is saying, Good evening, Mr. Ponsak and Gilbert. If the awarding of the project will yield a positive result, then the Plateau people are behind it. But I think the state government needs to open up on all the happenings because Plateau people are wise now. God bless Nigeria. Coombs Bishtu is saying, We were told that the legacy project have reached. 70% completion, but the government is given out about 26 billion naira to finish up just 30% of this same project. What is the worth of the entire project costing? I feel there is foul play currently going on as a last-minute mop-up of resources. Nyam David is saying, good evening, Mr. Ponsak and Gilbert, and the guests in the person of Honorable Musa Asom, Musa Asom, about the rewarding uh, of the legacy project, the government said that the project is almost 70% completed while their tenure is almost over and they are thinking of starting all over again. God should have mercy on them. With our PVC, we will get rid of bad government. Government. Pam Emanuel says, Good evening, Posak and Gilbert. I just want to greet you and the guests. About the governor, I did not have anything to say except we just have some days to 2023. God bless JFM. Bless you too. 
Izang Asira. It's good evening, Sunset. Absolutely, this administration really makes things tough for us. Crime, corruption, nepotism, and tribalism have increased. I just want to urge everyone to vote wisely come 2023. Love you guys. God bless JFM, my favorite radio station. Shout out to Honorable Musa Ashams. Thank you. Richard Egbita says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert and the guests in the house. Lalong is desperate to please the citizens at this point because he has not performed and the legacy project is an avenue to loot plateau people's treasury. It's high time we do the needful come 2023. Felkuka Factors Go One says, Good evening, Mr. Ponsak and Gilbert. This rewarding is a matter of concern. Why must it be like that? God is watching. David Mark Sambo says the whole thing about La Long Legacy Project is a scam. And an idea brought by the governor to siphon plateau state resources and everything about the so-called legacy project is a misplacement of priority. My regards to Honorable Musha, Musa Aisham. It's been a while. Abdurrahman Yakubu Musa is saying, Good evening, Ponsak. Gilbert and our guests in the studio, right Honorable Musa Ashams. May God continue to bless you and all you do. Great job, and I'm proud of you all. We still have hope for good governance when 2023 comes on board. Well, let Thank me ha- you. Yeah, let me read out some tweets that uh, you've sent to us. Ayodelia Gbabiaka is saying, I just hope Nigerians are ready to take back their country. Nigeria needs a servant that will serve us without compromise. It is possible if we stay united for this coming election. Uh, this is coming from Shwadvyang. He's saying, unfortunately, the guest in the studio is a politician and his party has failed Nigeria. It's also the president administration. Let's pray to God for a solution. No political party in Nigeria has a credible candidate to salvage the situation. Mm-hmm. Else Mike Kimenin is saying, the truth about project in Nigeria overflow or overpaid. Well, the allegation of share or cut before approving of a contract which has become a pandemic to our industry, industry has been. However, Plato State Government cannot be rewarded at any amount close to the initial due to inflation, which can be seen all across. Young James is saying, I don't think that this Lalong Legacy Project is right now. I just hope that we, the people, can wake up and unite ourselves and make Nigeria our country. Well said, Honorable Musa. Foresight for societal growth and development is said insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. How can this ever be something to even consider this? The okay, boss JJJ seven 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 rather is saying the rewarding of the Lalong Legacy Project is not in the favor of the state. Well, let's take some maybe two and then uh, Ashram will uh, give his response. Hello and good evening. Hello, good evening, sir. Radio Mama. I do not calling from. Thank you for calling. Okay. Thank you for calling. Um, let me tell you something. Unless we strengthen our institutions, unless we practice fiscal federalism, in other words, restructuring, let's take control their resources and pay tax to the center so we can move away from this hidden bottle economy. Unless there's a cut down in the cost of governance, these three things is the problem with Nigeria. Our problem is structural. And out of the three, uh, I mean, uh, I think at least three or four contenders, you know, like brothers, I've listened to their manifestos, uh, the ones that have talked about it. It is now who can do it. And especially cutting down the cost of governance. So he is the person that can cut down the cost of governance because it's in his DNA. He's super spending. And then we won't have this problem of, uh, we'll go through the route of, uh, uh, medical tourism. You know, if not, Nigeria, in fact, our is in our hands. If we go and vote out of that sentiment, we are going to go through that route again. It's going to be a disaster. Now, one of them said he's going to uh, pay, um, uh, foot the bill of uh, all the fees for uh, exams, starting from uh, NECO, JAM, I mean, uh, uh, YAC and all that. Is it possible? It's not feasible. Let, let, let's not do about this country. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Radio Well, Honorable Asham, give you a response to uh, the comments that you've heard. Olga Dima, like she said, I think we should be able to vote for a governor that we'll trust. Because if you notice from all the responses, phone calls, Facebook and Twitter, you could see that Pulat people do not trust the re-awarding of this contract. Just like the Jais and um, Jasmine Market contract. Once you have this um, trust deficit, then there's a problem. 
we should be able to vote for people we can trust. For example, how many times have you seen dignitaries come to Plateau State to commission projects? It's been a while. This government is um, over seven years. I think it is only once or twice that, that a VIP came on the plateau to commission something. The ones that were commissioned in the past, like the 400 tractors, they just um, evaporated. Today we can't find them anywhere. And it's pathetic that um, your time is going, is, um, is, is getting, is going down and you do not have plenty of projects to, to commission. And you go to other states, you see people commissioning, you've been given the DG work. Bring the people you are doing DG for to Plateau to come and commission projects so that our Plateau people will enjoy. For example, come and commission the Fobor Mejujuzandi Road. Come and commission the Shendam Bypass. Bring federal government to come and make road for you to link Ibi, Ibi and Wukari and, um, and um, Shimankar and all those places. Mr. Governor, you can hear what the people are saying. Please, before you go, on the 29th of May, 2023. Do something laudable. Make Plateau people trust you so that tomorrow when you come for events, people will hail you not because you made them rich, but because you enrich their entire community, but because you changed the face of Plateau State. I've observed that industries on the Plateau, on the Plateau have only two years lifespan. Afterwards, they die. What have you done? What can you say is your achievement as the governor of Plateau State in the last seven and, um, and some, seven years and some months? Please, the next governor of Plateau State should be someone that can, um, that, that, can that will succeed against all odds, not the ones that odds will stop from succeeding. It's pathetic that Plateau is like this. Plateau is supposed to be the Mecca or the Jerusalem of some sort for northern Nigeria. But it's been like this for a while now. It doesn't make any sense. You can see the potholes that welcome you into Plateau State. This, all the roundabouts in Jos, all the major roundabouts have potholes. You can see the traffic around all the airports. Jos needs a, a lot of flyovers, not the one in um, British alone. I think your time is up. Plateau people need to make a decision that will help us. And God bless Plateau State. Like she said, on, uh, the radio mama said, Ogadima. Thank you very much, uh, Musa Shams. We appreciate your time. Uh, Gilbert, your final word. I think Ashwaju um, Bolatinubu is a very strong, um, chested politician. Why I say this is because he chooses the fora to speak in. Yesterday he spoke to a few select business controllers, and that came after he declined the invitation of the Lagos State Chamber of Commerce. Right, he refused to appear before then, and then chose where to eventually speak. It's been like that for some time. Um, well, good thing is he's still speaking either way. Well, thank you very much, uh, Musa Shams, for coming. Thank you uh, for A really interesting me. conversation and insight. Uh, well, uh, there's a much we'll take on the show. The news will come your way top of the hour, 6 o'clock. Do have a good evening. Bye now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. Podcast.